Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Envision America is has been one of our sponsors and uh, for the past couple of years, actually, in support of OCB and its work. And they did buy uh, sponsorship and they have a, a, a booth, a, a virtual booth right here. And they're going to be talking to us about what's going on in Envision America um, right now. Uh, I wasn't aware, Charlotte, that uh, Envision America had moved to Florida. So can you explain what that is and then tell us more about Envision America for the next uh, 20 or 25 minutes or so? Yeah, no problem. Um, do you guys, you want me to do audio or you want me to do video too? Or does it matter for your present, for your recording? I don't know. Um Unless somebody asks, I'll just stay on audio only. Um, yeah, so Envision America, uh, we are the manufacturers of the scriptability accessible prescription labeling system. And um, we were the manufacturer of the IDMate talking barcode scanner. Um, this year, we discontinued uh, manufacturing the IDMate. Um, we're currently still supporting um, IDMate users with database updates. Our next one is going to come out next month. I'm trying to finish that up because uh, I'm the database manager. Um, and uh, we, we continue to, to work on that. And I just want to say thank you to all those who are IDMate users who continue to post things up um, that aren't in our database. I think this time around, I had maybe 600 entries sent in from other uh, from consumers so that was really great when you guys are a part of that community and share the information and build up that database um but yeah so in regard to the move um we were founded in illinois um in phil racetrick's basement in peoria and about five years ago maybe it's longer now maybe six years ago now um Phil decided, you know, I'm getting to that age. I'm going to retire soon. Um, Semi-retire. He never fully retired, but, you know, he wanted to be in the retirement spirit and he wanted to be in the next to the water. And so they moved um, the entire company to Florida. And uh, I actually stayed in Illinois because I have six kids and moving just was too much. <laughs> um, so, but they moved the company to Florida and... Um, you know, we lost Phil last year. Um, he had a heart attack, but, um, but the legacy continues on um, since moving to Florida. The company has grown. I think they've hired about 15 more people. Um, and the scriptability uh, is really where we're focusing all our energy now. Um, my role... Like I've played a lot of different roles. I was one of the first non-family employees to be hired by this family company. So my role has changed through the years from, you know, quality control and shipping to buying electronic components and being in customer service and working with advocates. Um, 
managing the database. But now most of my focus is on public policy and community outreach. Um, so what I do there is I just kind of monitor everything that's going on in the United States in regards to, well, and the world, but in regards to um, accessible prescription labeling. And then I kind of share that information with people and try and get people excited about advocacy and um, making accessible prescription labeling, you know, a standard, I think. So in that regard, um, that's the thing that I'm most excited to share about. So that's probably what I'm going to talk the most about. Um, and I really liked your theme this year, overcoming challenges and barriers, because that's really what accessible prescription labeling does. Uh, Why don't you explain about how that prescription uh, labeling thing works for anybody who doesn't know it? Yeah. So I'm just going to first, like, before I actually show it, I'm going to talk about the barrier. So the barrier that most people are experiencing is a communication barrier with their pharmacy. Um, and so if you're going to talk to your pharmacy, that's usually how we tell people, you know, like, let's talk about the barrier of this, you know, there's not effective communication between you and me. You hand me prescriptions and you might tell me what they are, but when I go home, I have nothing to refer to, to like differentiate between my drugs and remember how to take them and what the warnings are and everything. And so this becomes a barrier. You know, I can't call you and say, Hey, I have this drug. Remind me what to do with it because I don't know what I have in my hand, you know, and I can't ask you for a refill. I don't know the refill number. I can't use the automated system. Um, so somehow we need some effective communication, um, you know, an audible prescription label, a braille prescription label, or large print, depending on where your needs are. So um, our software allows pharmacists to provide all three and they can choose which one they provide. So, um, a lot of them provide just the audible label because it accommodates the most people, but some of them also provide Braille or large print or all three, just depends on the pharmacy. Um, and so to explain what an audible label is, now there's lots of different audible solutions. So of course, Script Talk is just one of them. So our solution utilizes an RFID tag. There are other solutions out there where an actual digital recording device is placed onto the medication lid or affixed to the bottle or the bottle itself is a audible um, digital device. So there's lots of ways to do this. Um, I know some pharmacies use barcoding instead of an RFID tag. So again, we're not the only solution, but I'm going to explain how ours works. So we have an RFID tag. Um, so this is the Script Talk um, reader, and this is the device that will read the RFID tags. Um, the RFID tag has a microchip embedded in it with an antenna, so it's pretty much just always available to be read. You just need some kind of radio frequency device to send out a signal to get the information from the tag. Um, you can use this script talk device to hear the information read aloud, or you can use a, a smartphone with near field communication, which basically near field communication is the same technology as RFID. 
So script talk station ready. This has very few buttons. Um, it has a thumb wheel to turn it on and off and adjust the volume. And you press the play button and it starts looking for the label. And then you just put the label near it and it reads it out loud. John J. Smith medication. Percocet 5-2-325-milligram tablet. Instructions. Take one tablet every four hours for pain. Quantity, 28. Prescription date, September 25, 2018. Use by September 25, 2019. Refills remaining. Zero. Prescriber. Dr. Ben Casey, Scriptability Pharmacy. And then you also have the option of, um, if you don't want to just listen to all of it, you want to skip ahead, you can use these next and previous buttons to skip. To reorder this, prescrip- to reorder this prescription, dial prescription number one, two, three, four. Warning. Caution. Opioid. Warning. May cause drowsiness and dizziness. Warning. Contains acetaminophen. Warning. If you are pregnant or of childbearing age. So um, our tags are have a large enough microchip that it can hold up to 10K of information, which will usually hold all the warnings and everything that is on the label. And then we have the option. The pharmacies can put this phone number at the end. And you can dial that phone number and put in a four-digit code. And that gives you access on the phone to all the little fine print information that they would give you the handout for. Um, So that our tags aren't big enough to like hold all that information, but we do have the phone number available if you want to get all of that. Um, And we, we also have, so this is our older version of the script talk. And if you signed up today, this isn't what it would look like. Um, we have a newer version. Um, they both still work the same way. It's just the turning on and off wheels on the side on this one. And um, it's a little rounder. So that's really the only difference. Um, this, this one also is we can program it, program it in a lot more languages, um, which is great timing because we have new countries signing on (laughs) and so our language is um that we need to be able to offer is is growing as well um how many languages do you have um we can now program it in 17 languages so before it was five so but spanish is still our number two language that it gets programmed in um We have a lot of pharmacies starting up in Puerto Rico. Um, And that's really exciting for us. And they actually have, I'm just going to skip to the bills because now that we're talking about it, um, they actually have um, a bill going through their, um, it's already passed their Senate unanimously. There was two people absent, but everybody that was present voted yes. And now it's in their House Health Committee. Um. I think the committee hearing is on October 21st, maybe. Um, 
or maybe it's the end of this month, maybe it's next week. I'm getting my two states mixed up. Um, and so what we're fairly confident, our advocate down there, who's basically, you know, doing all the moving and shaking with the legislators says, oh yeah, it's going to pass. So that'll be really exciting to have, um, well, they're not a state, but a third territory state um, have a law. And I think it's really significant if Puerto Rico passes it, which they're not one of the most, they're not one of the richest states. (laughs) And if, you know, if their pharmacists can find ways to provide this to their customers, pretty much any other state is going to have a hard time telling it, you know, saying, well, we can't afford this. Um, and, and, uh, so I'm really excited. Plus it's just so greatly needed. So greatly needed, especially in places where there's not as many resources. So, um, other states that are working on legislation. Um, actually, in Washington, I was just learning about this yesterday. They, before they try and do legislation, they actually were able to secure um, some time with the, uh, they call it there, not that they don't call it the Board of Pharmacy, they call it the Quality Assurance Commission. The Pharmacy Quality Assurance Commission is going to have accessible labeling on their agenda for their October meeting. And they're welcoming public commentary. And so they might be able to just totally skip by legislation and just have the pharmacy assurance, quality assurance um, commission implement rules um, because that's, you know, they have the authority to do that. So they could just implement rules or add it to the self-assessment for pharmacies. Um, You know, and they also have um some meeting time scheduled with the newly formed um equity commission in washington so they're just really uh that's the washington council of blind just really um doing whatever they can to have this conversation with as many people as possible and then if they if they can't get it done without legislation then i'm feel fairly confident they're willing to do the whole legislation route, but they want to exhaust all their other possibilities first. Um, so that's kind of exciting. In Ohio, um, they have a representative that's going to be reintroducing a bill for the third time um, later this month. He's looking for co-sponsors right now. So Hopefully, third time's a charm. Last time they got through, they had a really positive health commission meeting, but then COVID happened and then it just got stalled and didn't roll over again because it wasn't the rollover year. So um, hopefully this time (laughs) it can make it through the process. Um, And then Pennsylvania has a bill. Theirs is kind of just held up by politics. It was introduced by a Democrat. And he's like, no Republican is ever going to allow it to go because it's I'm a Democrat. So we have some work to do there just to get some Republicans behind it um, so that it will, you know, make some progress. Uh, so that's kind of where all that is. I'm sure you're all familiar with Oregon and Nevada that already have uh, state laws passed. Uh, and I think that it's 
important to just, even when these things don't go, you know, they don't pass or they, they uh, kind of stall. I think it's still good because it gives us one reason to talk to people just to be like, well, this is what's going on. This is where it's at. And it can still be a conversation. Um, it can be a starting point. And um, so it's just an excuse to talk to people, to talk to legislators and advocates and your board of pharmacy and your pharmacist <laughs> um, and any other disability rights organizations um, and these newly formed equity boards and stuff like that, that it can become part of the conversation of like, why isn't this just a standard? It's included in the ADA. It's mentioned in the American um, Affordable Care Act. Um, so why isn't it being implemented? Uh, now we have a lot of pharmacies that are going on, you know, are on board. You know, Walmart's providing it now. Uh, CVS is providing their own version, Spoken RX. Um, and I think pretty soon they're going to be providing the devices. So if you didn't want to use the app, you'll be able to ask for a device that's like Script Talk. Um, we're working with the Albertsons chain, Schnucks. I'm not sure what your local chains are there, but um, Costco. We're working with a lot of small local chains. We just signed up a new one in um, New York, Wegmans. They're going to be doing a pilot program in three stores. Charlotte, so, um, Costco just came to uh, Oklahoma City uh, recently, so they're they're here now. Okay, so um, so if you like to shop at Costco, uh, you can ask for scrub talk labels. It does take them a couple extra days because they don't do it in store. They do it <clears throat> through their central fill service, but they will do it. What are your other local chains, pharmacy chains? Well, let's see what grocery pharmacy. We have local chains. We have we have seven or eight stores called Crest, which are grocery stores. Um, of course, there's Walmart here, and there's Target. Um, Target does has CVS inside, I think. Target has yes. Target has CVS inside. Um, yeah, Homeland Jay Pharmacy. Oh yes, Homeland is is a locally owned grocery store. Okay. So I I think um, we don't have a Wegmans. I think was mostly East. I'm I'm yeah. an original. Pennsylvanian, so I know. Oh, Wegmans. Okay, so you know all about that. <laughs> so I know about Wegmans. Um, so I, I've been here 14 years, but I am a Pennsylvania transplant. So there's no Safeway here. Okay, uh, yeah, and they're part of Albertsons. Yeah, Albertsons. They're part of Albertsons, right? And where you are in Illinois, um, what's there? Uh, yeah, Albertsons and. Um, yeah, Albertsons is here as a Jewel Osco. Jewel, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have Kroger. Do you guys have Kroger? No. You know, when I think about this whole thing of the um, the labeling and everything, that goes back how long in history for when this really started? It seems like in some sense... Like it was only yesterday, but I remember attending ACB conventions when you guys, you were introducing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, How this, long ago was that? Yeah, this year in Vision America celebrating their 25th anniversary. 
So holy cow. 25 years since ID Mate was first started and probably about 24, 23 years since Script Talk. And but for the first 10, 12, 10, 12 years, uh, our only customer for Script Talk was the VA and a small pharmacy in North Dakota called Kohl's. So I don't I don't think uh, I don't think people understood what how important script talk was at the time. I think every were, were we still working out some bugs with it, or it didn't always work, or what was the well, thing? Really what was the thing initially? The the initial thing was we had a different business model. So in the very beginning, people had to buy the script talk, and the pharmacy bought the labels. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's how it was working. You know, like that's a usual business model. Um, things kind of changed when we said, you know, this isn't going to work for the majority of the end users, um, because they can't buy a $365 device. So we changed our business model and said, we're going to give the devices away for free and we will increase, um, we'll start charging for the pharmacy software and, up the cost of the labels a little bit. So the pharmacy is actually paying for everything now. And then it's free to the end user. And this is actually more in line with the ADA policies anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because the cost of accommodations should be on the, on the pharmacy side as a cost of doing business. Um, So that's what kind of changed. Um, it started to change. We started to get some independent pharmacies willing to do it and stuff then. But the major change happened with the Affordable Care Act. And the reason why is because in the Affordable Care Act, they added Section 1557, which was the anti-discrimination clause. And with that, the Health and Human Services had the authority to withdraw Medicaid, Medicare monies from a pharmacy if they were discriminating. And in their training manual, they specifically use script talk as an example as for their effective communication, anti-discrimination against the blind. So then we started getting calls from like CVS and Walmart saying, oh, we need to do something. (laughs) And so you know, we like to consider ourselves as the solution provider. The, the end user, the customers, you guys can go to your pharmacies all day long and say, hey, there's a problem. And pharmacists are going to be like, well, I don't know what to do. And we step in and be like, well, we have a solution for you. So they started coming to us once the ACA was passed and um, section 1557 was finalized and they were like, yeah, we don't want to have any lawsuits or have health and human services pull our, our status. Um, and that's when, again, that's when we started to really see pharmacies like taking it more seriously. Because uh, with the ADA, you actually had to file a DOJ complaint or a lawsuit in order to have the ADA have some teeth. Um, but the Affordable Care Act, it seemed like it had a little bit more teeth. Somebody just had to go online to Health and Human Services complaint system. You know, it's an online form and fill it out. And the then two major, the two major drug chains that uh, dominate 
the uh, Oklahoma City Metro are CVS and Walgreens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Has Walgreens uh, done anything in this area? You know, about 10 years ago, we did do a pilot program with Walgreens. um, And they said, you know, we... They, they were trying to make a profit off of it, actually. It was really what was happening. Or like, that's definitely not going to be possible. Um, but they wanted to, in the end, like, just do something that was more affordable for them. And so they had the talking pill reminder. Um, and I think they're pretty vested in providing the talking pill reminder. We're not even in any ongoing conversations with them. They're, mm-hmm. as far as I know, I mean, maybe maybe there's somebody in sales that is that I don't know about. But we always just tell people give their customer service a call if you don't like that solution because the more people say you know this isn't really working this process does not work well um then the more they'll consider some other alternative um well, Charlotte, let's see if anybody wants to ask a question. Yeah, I think I saw a hand go up and down. So Okay. Okay. This is Vicki. I do have a question uh, relative to CVS. Uh-huh. Um, does uh, CVS Caremark, um, the mail order, do they utilize Script Talk? Yes. So Caremark and CVS Home Delivery both still provide Script Talk. If you go in store, they're going to be offering you spoken RX. Oh, okay. Thank you. The the difference between those two, the main difference is spoken RX labels are going to hold a little bit less data than our labels. Um, So they might not have like all the warnings. They're probably going to be picking out one or two of the most important warnings or something on there. Um, And right now you can only use the CVS app to read them until they have their devices available to give to give away. But that's really the main difference is just that their tag holds a little less data than ours. It works all the same way. Their app even, once you get into their app through the CVS app, it even looks like our app. <laughs> so. But the Caremark, the Caremark, um, I, could, I could access a device, a script talk, and then uh, the pharmacy would put the label on. Is that correct? So, yeah, Caremark provides the Script Talk labels. If you don't already have a Script Talk, when you get signed up with Script Talk with them, they'll let us know. And then we call you and make sure that they gave us your correct address and then send the device out to you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Does anybody else have a a question? All right, Jane. Two questions, uh, briefly. One being... um, I need to obtain the information to take to my pharmacist, who is a uh, an, an independently owned pharmacy who delivers. And uh, I tried to advocate to him last winter about the need for these types of labels, and but I didn't have anything to put in front of him to show him his cost factors. So how might I obtain information to take to my pharmacy so he knows exactly what he's signing on for as, as a cost to him? Because he was pretty, he's a sweet guy, but he was pretty resistant 
Yeah. Um, actually, our sales rep for independent pharmacies is Danielle, and she would be happy to talk to him and then send him a quote. Um, so I can get provide our 800 number and just ask to talk to Danielle, um, and she'll take care of that for you. Okay. If I may, um, uh, could I email you and ask for that 18, uh, that 800 number for... Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, another comment about pharmacies, and I'm saying this for the benefit of our clients who might be listening today. Here in Oklahoma, we have a lot of pharmacies that are owned by Native American tribes. Goodness, you know, we I can yeah. think of three or four major ones, and I think that they probably are tied to the federal government in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it's known in Oklahoma that they have much money that they're willing to spend for health care services to disabled tribal members. So I would encourage any of you who use um, what we call Indian health care uh, clinics or pharmacies to advocate to them to obtain these devices because they they are available and, and those people do um, most likely have funds available within their ranks uh, to afford to provide this service for you. And it's absolutely your right to have it, just as it is my right. You know, so I wanted to mention that because we hadn't talked about that. Yeah. That's a good point. And I, uh, I can give you Charlotte's email uh, address later. Oh, that would be, that'd be Unless super. Unless she wants to mention it right now, you can. Yeah, um, my email is S as in Sharla, and then my last name, Glass, G-L-A-S-S, at, and then all one word, envisionamerica.com. And Envision is E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N. Okay. Also, um, I'm a, a regular user of your uh, ID Make barcode scanner, and I was a little bit concerned when you stopped making those. I know. Um, because I, I know that there are other phone apps and such that can be used, but, but that thing is so easy. There's nothing like it. I, and I use it every yeah. day. So, again, thank you. We all are grieving it. here. It was like, that's our baby, you know? And- yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard. But and you, so you did say, Charlotte, like, didn't, didn't you say there was going to be an update? you still are doing updates? We're doing, we're still providing updates for the database, but we aren't going to make any more devices. Um, so we are just at this point where we would have to totally redesign it because parts go obsolete. And then you have to like totally resign, redesign with the newest technology and stuff. And it's a very expensive process. We're a very small family-owned business. And to be honest, we just don't have enough people buying them. It's an amazing product, but people are like, well, but I could get a 99 cent app. So we just, there, the demand wasn't there to fund the huge undertaking of, of redesigning it. So. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Are there any other questions? All right. Well, well I just want to say, Jay, Elaine, and Katie, thank you for organizing and allowing us to come on and share what's going on right now. Um, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to start 
you know, work on grassroots in your state, just let me know and I'll start feeding you all kinds of goodies about legislation. <laughs> yeah, and I want to say thank you from OCB, our board and president. I want to say thank you for your support of uh, of OCB by uh, sponsoring us, a great job. sponsoring us this year, and joining us uh, in the in your in your room there. Um, Kate Love has her hand up. Sure, I have a couple of questions. Uh, the first one uh, is that uh, you had talked about the VA that you've been able to get the script talk to the VA. What about uh, some of the military pharmacies? Unfortunately, those are two separate systems, and the Department of Defense has not, we don't have any, they've never bought anything from us, so we're we're happy to work with them, but they've never come to us on that. Right, right. Uh, And my second question is, if we want to try to get um, our legislators involved, do we need to contact our local legislator and... Uh, kind of explain what this what script talk is and how important it is and you know that kind of stuff so we start at our grassroots with our own legislators yes and then work our way up yes and we have lots of resources um on staysaferx.org there's like samples of other bills that sample language from other bills so that you know that could help them in drafting something new um there's sample like testimony ideas um and and lots of resources that i'm collecting from you know, Nevada and Oregon and Ohio and Pennsylvania as they go through their process. So you can learn from their previous efforts, you know? Um, so we can get you with lots of info to go prepared for that conversation. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, listen, I want to thank you, Charlotte, for all your work. On this, and again, as I was saying, thank you for supporting us and being with us uh, today here in Oklahoma. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We'll be in touch. Okay. <laughs> I saw that uh, Shauna Jatho joined us. Uh, Miss Shauna is from uh, Non24, the uh, all about circadian rhythms and vanda pharmaceuticals and so uh shauna vanda's been involved in supporting uh us for a while too and we thank you for your continued support so shauna if you're there you can uh take over and tell us what you want to tell us about non-24 Excellent. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate being a part of Oklahoma's convention this year. Um, I know I've met many of you in the past. There's some familiar faces and names there that I've met in person um, and can't wait to meet you again, hopefully next year in person. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping for. We're um, right hoping for the best. 
Yes, definitely. Well, today what I'll do is just give a brief overview of NON24. Many of you may have heard about it. Some of you um, may have never heard about it. Um, I'm going to do a little bit different style here where I'm going to go through some frequently asked questions, and that'll give you a really good overview of what NON24 is. If you have a question or anything to share, uh, just unmute yourself. I don't mind being interrupted. Uh, we can have it even more of a discussion. But what I'm going to do is ask some questions and then answer those questions to provide you some information on NOM24. Uh, but just to give you a little brief background, as Jay said, my name is Shauna Jatho. I'm a clinical nurse educator with Vanda, and Vanda has done extensive uh, research, research and development um, to help find treatment for this very rare condition that affects mainly individuals who are totally blind, but also those individuals who have sunlight perception. So non-24, N-O-N-24 is short for non-24 circadian rhythm sleep-wake disorder. So that's the full condition name. And through these questions, I'm going to give you uh, further insight on what that term circadian means um, and how that affects our body's sleep and wake cycle. So I'll go into a little bit of the biology of it and some facts with these frequently asked questions here. So the first question, what is non-24-hour disorder? So as I described, it's short for non-24 circadian rhythm, sleep-wake disorder. It's a very serious chronic disorder, mainly common in individuals who are totally blind. What happens is it causes nighttime sleep difficulties and a wide range of daytime sleep difficulties, including an overwhelming urge to sleep during the day, which may lead to decreased function, um, whether it's you're going to school, work, social activities, uh, to where this chronic condition can affect an individual's quality of life. So those three main symptoms, difficulty falling asleep at night, difficulty getting a full night's sleep, and or difficulty staying awake during the day. And you don't have to have all three of these symptoms, and these symptoms can come and go. So second question, how long has non-24 been around? You know, is this a new disorder? Non-24 is not a new disorder. The existence of circadian rhythms have been around for millennia. But it wasn't until the 1940s where scientists actually documented the circadian rhythms in humans to prove the theory that human circadian rhythm runs longer than your typical 24-hour world that we live in. So back in 1938, scientists first studied um, people in the Kentucky Mammoth Cave where they shielded them from light for a significant amount of time. And what they did was they tracked, they studied their sleep and wake cycle, when it was light outside, when it was dark, their meal schedules, their body temperatures, um, to prove that if we are not exposed to light for a significant amount of time, it's going to offset our circadian rhythm, which would in return offset our sleeping schedule and day schedule. So how common is non-24 among people who are totally blind? 
the clinical studies that were done estimate that up to 70% of individuals who are totally blind may develop non-24. So that's approximately 65 to 95,000 people in the United States that may have non-24. And keep in mind, that's in our totally blind population. Another question, how does our body know when to sleep and when to be awake? So here we'll tie this in with our hormones. So non-24 begins with our master body clock. That's a lay term. Our master body clock is located in our brain. Everyone has one. It controls our sleep and wake cycles. And it's triggered by light cues. So it does this by releasing certain certain hormones. Melatonin, most of us have heard of, is our night hormone. And cortisol is our day hormone. So we want our cortisol to be peaked, elevated during the day while we're up, moving around, and active. Keep us awake. Melatonin, we want peaked or high at night to help keep us asleep. So the timing of these hormones are very, very important. And it's connected with our day and night sleep and wake cycle. So how does non-24 happen? Well, our eyes have two main functions. One is to perceive images and the other is to be able to capture this light. We want this through natural sunlight, but we can also get this artificially through electricity, the lights in our homes. So once light is captured to the back of the eye, the specialized cells of the retina, then light transmitted to our master body clock in our brain, which then resets our master body clock, our master body clock. It resets our circadian rhythm every 24 hours so that we can stay in sync and be on that routine schedule of a day and night sleep and wake pattern. But without the ability to perceive enough or any light, then our brain can't receive this signal to reset every day. So what happens is our body clock starts running on its own time. So what do I mean by running on its own time? Well, as I mentioned before, that for most of us, each of us has a circadian rhythm that's longer than 24 hours. But when our bodies are exposed to light, it erases that extra time, that over 24-hour period. It erases that and resets every day to put us back in sync with the 24-hour world that we live in. So if we don't have enough or any light perception, then we're more at risk of developing the symptoms of non-24. Another question, can we process this light any other way than through our eyes? And the answer to that is no. It's a common question we get. You know, Can we absorb the light through our skin and have that tell our bodies when it's day and when it's night? We have to be able to absorb this light through our eyes, the specialized cells of the retina in the back of the eyes to transmit it there to our master body clock in the brain. So also another important question here is how do I know if I have it? So if you experience some of the symptoms, and I'll go through them again here, trouble falling asleep or staying asleep having an overwhelming urge to sleep during the day or falling asleep unexpectedly. If you know that you have 
sleep patterns that are continually different from most people you know, or the time your body wants to sleep seems to shift or drift over time, or if it's affecting your personal and professional relationships because of having that break in your sleep and wake pattern where it's affecting the quality of your life physically, mentally, and socially. So if you experience these symptoms, have that conversation with your doctor. Some of you may have already started that conversation, um, looking into various treatment options for non-24, or should I say even just sleep struggles in general. But keep a sleep diary or a journal and start picking up on some patterns, some that erratic cyclical nature um, of sleep patterns to see if you can track uh, non-24 symptoms, not to self-diagnose, but just to keep track of it and then have this discussion with your doctor. And it's important to keep a sleep diary or journal for you know well over a month um, because each of us has a circadian rhythm cycle and that timing is also different. So for one of us, it may only take a month to get through a cycle. For another one of us, it may take a month and a half or two months. Um, So it's very important to track your sleep for a significant amount of time so that you can um, trace this pattern of irregularity there. Um, Some important questions here to ask is, when was the last time that you had a good night's sleep? When you sleep, do you wake up feeling rested? How strong is your desire to nap during the day and how does it change from one day to the next? What do you do to stay awake during the day? Is there a cyclical pattern? Are there good nights or bad nights? So that's some things to do you relate to. Is this something that's affecting you at this time? So how is non-24 different from other sleep disorders and can you have both? So many individuals have shared with me that they have sleep apnea. So how is it different from sleep apnea? Well, sleep apnea is primarily a breathing disorder and where your breathing starts and stops at night, where you have this disruption of the oxygen flow. So the easiest way to distinguish the difference here is sleep apnea is lack of oxygen to the brain with non-24, it's lack of light to the brain. And how is it different from from insomnia? Insomnia is a very common sleep disorder. So insomnia, generally, it's usually defined by difficulty going to sleep, staying asleep, or both. So with non-24, you can have insomnia-like symptoms. But with insomnia, it's very routine, meaning it's very predictable and these symptoms are pretty consistent. And they may even be caused by stress or anxiety. But with non-24, keep in mind, the symptoms are cyclical, meaning they come and go. There may be a period of a few nights or a few weeks where you don't have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, or it's not that extreme. Then it could be followed by a few days or nights or weeks where you have extreme difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep. That's the cyclical nature and the difference with non-24. How is non-24 diagnosed? So there are sleep studies that can pick up non-24, 
um, but also subjectively, you know, having that conversation with your doctor, whether you are keeping a sleep journal or a diary or just making a mental note of it, um, of the erratic pattern of the sleep, having that conversation with your doctor and then making the connection there with your vision impairment. Your doctor may not have heard of NOM24 because it's so rare. So if you have this conversation with your doctor and they say, you know, I've never heard of NOM24, I don't know what this is about. Um, you know, we don't expect you to feel like you have to go and do further research on your own to educate your doctor. We have account managers and that's what their specialty is, is to educate our healthcare providers out in the community. So another common question that we get is what type of doctor do I go to to get diagnosed? So for some individuals that can be their primary care doctor, uh, for other individuals, it may be their eye specialist. It could be your psychiatrist. Some individuals happen to have a sleep specialist already. Just depends on whatever doctor that you would go to for sleep struggles, the doctor that you have a great rapport with, because this is such a rare condition that they may not have heard of it before. So that would be the first start. So that gives you a little tidbit, you know, a general overview of non-24. Um, if you would like to learn more, we have literature that we can send you in audio, large print, or braille. We have what you call health educators. And what their role is, is to work with you one-on-one -on -one over the phone. And they provide as much or as little support as you desire. So some individuals prefer to have the literature mailed to them. They want to do research on their own. They'll reach out to their health educator if they have any further questions or would like their doctor educated in the future um, and take it from there. Other individuals have been struggling with sleep for many, many, many years. And it's affected the quality of their life. And they're at the point where they're ready to get help. They want their doctor educated and they want to learn more about it. Um, so those individuals stay in closer contact with their health educator. So this program, it's free. We want to increase the awareness and have this as knowing that this is education on a rare condition that you may not have heard of otherwise. If you're struggling with sleep and have vision impairment, you want to be diagnosed appropriately. And what I'll do is I'll type in my contact information in the chat box, and I'll also uh, share it with you to where you can uh, jot down my cell number um, so that if you want to learn more and or have your doctor educated, uh, reach out to me and I'll just have just a brief call with you. And that way um, I can gather a little bit more you know, personal information for the health educator. And also, Jay, there may be a way that you could share my email and phone number. Um, I'll be happy to do that. And, okay. Right. And I'll be happy to do that. And uh, if anybody wants to, you know, contact me, they know how to do that, I hope. That would be 405-942-3413. That's the phone. 405-942-3413. Or uh, you can call or call. You can send me an email. There's the two best ways to get me. It's my name, J-A-Y-D-O-U-D-N-A at C-O-X dot N-E-T. You know, uh, Shauna, as I was listening to you talk about this, I was thinking about 
how long it took before you were able to say some of the things you've been saying. I was thinking back to when this first all came up at one of our ACB conventions. How long did that process go with um, volunteers volunteering to be involved in the study? Um, are you talking about the study from back in the 40s? Yeah, well, or you're saying the I don't know about clinical that. trial I'm, study. I'm thinking the clinical trial studies when you were when you were yeah. looking for for blind people and you came to ACB and you said, uh, "Does anybody want to do this?" And at that time, you were saying, weren't you, that you had to be totally blind? Was that the initial way it started? Initially, yes. Um, mm-hmm. So the clinical trials were. Um, completed, I know, before 2015. Um, I've been with Vanda for a little over five years now. Um, but prior to that, um, you know, treatment for non-24 had, had been approved. Um, but yes, it was specifically for our totally blind population. Um, but you can have some light perception and still develop non-24. Mm-hmm. I and just think that I just wanted everybody to realize that this just didn't, you still just didn't come up with this information to me. It really required a lot of yes. blind people. Uh, uh, it was years of years of clinical trials. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that that's important. Well, we really are grateful to you for your um, support of the Oklahoma Council of the Blind and uh, of our efforts. And we're always happy to have Vanda be a part of this because no matter how many times you talk about this subject, as you've said, it's not common. Right. And so there'd be people wanting to know. I wonder if anybody who's listening right now has a question. Yes, Vicki has her hand up. Hi. hi. hi Good Vicky. to see you again. You. Um, when you say light perception, um, I'm, I'm just asking this for the professionals that are here. Okay, I'm losing my vision, for instance, but I have just a little bit of vision other than light perception. So is it is uh, non-24 specifically re- related to total blindness and only light perception? So it's mainly affected with those individuals who are totally blind with no light perception. But you can have some light perception and still develop non-24. And there are some individuals who are fully sighted who can develop non-24. But that percentage is very low. Uh, but these individuals are able to perceive light um, back to the back of the eye, to the specialized cells of the retina. But where the disconnect is, is when it branches off then from the optic nerve, is the disconnect not being able to get from the back of the eye, the specialized cells of the retina, to the master body clock in the brain due to some sort of a brain injury. Okay. Mm. So when you have a, for instance, in my case, and I think other people's cases, I have a very little bit of an optic nerve and a scarred retina, but I can still see a little bit uh, more yes. my perception. Mm-hmm. So you you can still develop non twenty four, but the 
percentage may, would be lower than an individual who's, yes, who's totally blind with no light perception. Okay. Just wanted to clarify for the people here. Thank you. Excellent. You know, taking that uh, sleep test, writing down your notes about how you sleep, and you, you started by saying, were you, did you get a good night's sleep? Are you rested? Right. That's really important. Would you please repeat again uh, the part about if you, the difference between insomnia and uh, non-24? Like the difference, but so with insomnia, it's a very routine disorder, sleep disorder um, where you have trouble, you know, every night falling asleep and staying asleep. And so with non-24, you can have insomnia-like symptoms. It just depends on where your body is during that cycle. So you may have difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep or staying awake. Um, but there may be times in your cycle where you fall asleep just fine and you you get a full night's sleep. That's the defining difference mm -hmm. in the cyclical nature of non-24 mm -hmm. and, you know, how it's described to our healthcare professionals also is the cyclical nature, how these symptoms can come and go. You know, you is that may have the circadian a few, rhythm thing. Exactly. Exactly. So mm -hmm. you may have a few weeks of not having too much sleep disruption um, and think that, you know, okay, I'm better. You know, it's just, you know, happened just a little wave, but it comes right back. Um, that's the cycle of non-24. But um, when you um, mentioned, you know, did you get a restful night's sleep? It's very important. You know, our body needs that, you know, physically, like I say, emotionally, mentally, and socially. Um, our, our body is programmed to get quality sleep. Hey, well, of course, in the daytime, um, you function much better. You know, you're, you're rested. Oh, of course. So, of course. And you, if, if, you're, if you're talking to somebody and every other sentence they're yawning, you know they didn't get a good night's sleep. Right, right. And, and that's a sighted person I, I'm thinking of, for example, that, that has that problem. And uh, I think we've been encouraging him to go get a sleep study mm -hmm. just to see what's happening. Well, you can share with them my contact information. I'd be more than happy to talk with them, you know, one-on-one -on -one over the phone. And mm -hmm. I will provide my number too. Um, I don't see a chat on here option to type in my info. Okay. Why don't you go I, ahead and tell us? Okay. So it's, my name is Shauna, S-H-A-U-N-A, Jatho, J-A-T-H-O. And my contact number is 202 538-0396. And, you know, if you have a way to send it out by email to your we members. Will we'll definitely do that. I'd Everybody appreciate that. And then um, also I'll be in contact with, you know, chapter presidents to see about um, if, you know, sometime into next year, if you're meeting in person again, then I'd, you know, like the opportunity to come to each of the chapter groups and provide well, like a full non-24 education. We're, we're looking forward to the possibility. Yes, the possibility. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yep. Thank you, Shauna, so much for your, for your sponsorship, your support of us. And, and then Vanda's been a real partner 
for a long time. Thank you so yes. much. Nationally, state and locally. So yes, right. we great partnership. Well, thank you all for having me. Enjoy the rest of the convention. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. We now are going to turn things over to Cozy sure. Cozy Custom Cards. Okay. They're one and of our sponsors. Yeah. One of the things our goal is, is absolutely to be a sponsor of the Oklahoma Council of Blind. And I can't tell if you can see me or one portion of me or what. Um, but I'm getting ready to introduce my business partner, Joan Blake, and she's going to be the, the show and tell portion of this. And I'm the Vanna part. I'll hand things to her. <laughs> Um, but the one thing you'll get to see real quick is when I pan around, you'll get to see our workstation, which at the moment is uh, very uh, a very organized situation. Yes. <laughs> so I'm turning her around and hopefully she can see how she's stationed on there. Perfect. 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 All right. Yeah, I, I can see her. She's centered in the. She's centered in the cap. All right. Okay. Great. So, hi, I'm Joan Blake, and uh, Elaine and I have been doing cozy custom cards for about ten years now, maybe a little longer. Um, we started out with just a vision of what what we wanted to uh, create, what we wanted this business to be. We wanted it to be cozy. We wanted it to be custom. You know, we wanted it to meet your needs. And so some of our goals were to make the cards interesting, for one thing. So we have interesting cards. And I'm going to show you an example of what I think is kind of an interesting card. Let's see, how close to the screen can I get? I don't know what you can see, but there isn't much to see. That's what's so interesting about it. This card is almost entirely tactile. This background is just great big snowflakes falling down onto a snowy bank. And this little dark circle in the, in the corner here is just two little deer standing in front of a couple of little trees. And it says wondrous wishes. So again, it's just, it's interesting. It's simple and different. And that's kind of what we had in mind. Not all of our cards are as simple as that. We wanted our cards to be original so that no two cards are exactly alike. Um, we may do several of the same design, but we always add some little tweak to make one a little bit different for the, from another. For example, I have two Halloween spinner cards. Now, the spinner means this little, uh, there's a little circle in the middle and a little object that I can spin around the circle. If I kind of bend the card one way and another, that spinner goes around. There's two cards like that. There's the other one, sort of alike, but sort of different. Both of them have the same elements. They all, both have a little Halloween figure in the four corners. They all, they both have a circle in the center with a spinning object in the center. Looks like a moon. It's cut, yeah, like a like, round like a moon. Thank you, Elaine's better at describing things than I am, I think. Um, yeah, and so, and they both have an inside message that says Happy Halloween. So essentially, it's the same card, but very different. What's on the spinner? 
Um, one spinner just has a little, some little candy corn and a happy Halloween message. The other one has a big old hairy spider sitting, sitting on a spider web. And that's what, and in the center, this one has a, a raven. And the other one has a little message that says candy is dandy. And of course, that's where the candy corn is. So they're just fun little, little cards made out of the same design, same elements, but different, different pieces because they're original. No two are ever exactly alike. As you probably have seen, we wanted them to be tactile. Almost every card, I won't say every single one, but almost every card has some tactile elements. Here's an example of a card that has, first of all, the background is um, a very lacy cut out piece of paper, but very lacy, very easy to feel and easy to see because we wanted our cards to be not only um, interesting and beautiful to the touch, but also to the eye so that the, the sighted person who sees it sees something beautiful. The um, low vision person who looks at it sees lots of contrast. We try to do lots of contrast on most of our cards. And the totally blind person has something interesting to touch, like these very tactile sunflowers, the leaf. You can feel the veins in this leaf up here. And then there are uh, uh, sequins, sparkly sequins. We even have sparkly, uh, sparkly medium on the, on the uh, centers, the brown centers of the sunflowers. So if you turn it you know, to the light, if you have vision, you see little shiny glitter in there. Not hard glitter that you can feel with your finger, but just the glitter kind of painted in. So there's a sample of something that's very, very tactile. Not only tactile, um, we also can braille cards for you. We don't do it routinely because not everybody wants a braille card. But if you purchase cards and request them to be brailled, we will do that. We need a little bit of time to get to, we can't like, you can't buy it today and say, I need it to go out Tuesday brailled. We, well, it's the weekend. We might have time, but typically you can't buy it on Tuesday and expect braille to go out on Thursday. We need a little head, heads up so we can have time for our, our brailler, who is Jay Doudna to, uh, to braille it for us. I wanted to show you oh, the other service that we do. Well, let me show you a few cards first so you can kind of get a sense of what it is we do. So we do cards for every kind of occasion. We do birthday cards. This, is, this card has pansies on it. And they're, they're standing up. They always stand out. Not always. Usually stand out from the card so that you can actually put your fingers around it and feel the daisy. Feel the petals. You can feel the rhinestones or the sequins or uh, whatever kind of uh, sparkly things or pretty things we've put around. And then there's a tag here in the center that says happy birthday. So we do, most of our cards are this type of thing. But we have lots of other ways that we provide interest. For example, this lighthouse. This is a kind of an all-occasion card. It's not birthday. It's not anything. It's just blank inside, all-occasion card, but it has a lighthouse that's cut out and glued on. But down here, we have this rough, scratchy sand, and then the message that's on a little card that's lifted up on, on dimensional, so it stands up off the card also. So you're not, you're not feeling just a blank piece of paper and having someone say, oh, isn't that a beautiful card? You're feeling the elements, 
And this one says, you have the most amazing ability to take an ordinary moment and make it shine. Even the light shining out from the lighthouse is something that you can feel with your finger. It's not just painted on, it's actually glued on so that all of the elements are accessible to you. We have a number of birthday cards. This card has a kind of a honeycomb background, then it has all of this greenery, boughs, tree, tree boughs um, glued on so that you can feel them in a little blue bird sitting in the center raised up on dimensionals. When you open it up, it's a gift card holder. There's a little pocket. It's a birthday card with a little pocket right here that you can slip a gift card into. But that's not the only kind of gift card holder we have. We have one like this. This says, congrats, grad. This is very colorful paper um, with a kind of a herringbone design on it. Up here is a little uh, mortarboard hat. And here's a banner. Uh, three layers of paper, a dark color black, a, a shiny, glittery silver, and then the actual message that says, thought you'd like to spend your day spending. And this thing sticking up here is... Here's the gift card holder with a little piece of paper in there to show how the gift card works. So, and then on the inside is a little, a little uh, diploma, and it says, now go and change the world. And here's some little mortarboards being tossed up into the air. So can you see that? Um, so there you go. There's another type of gift card holder. And yet another one is this very lovely and simple card with a very tactile, very uh, interesting background. It's all in pale blue with black script glued on. You can feel it, although I don't think you can follow the letters very well. That says, happy birthday with a butterfly and black sequins and a big fluffy black bow. And inside, it has this kind of lacy thing, maybe hard to see, but it has a black flower over it right here. That's a gift card holder. You can slide a gift card right into there. And the message inside says, may your birthday be memorable. So there's just some samples of the kinds of things we produce. So we have a new baby card. This baby card has a, a little onesie and everything is raised up off the background so that you can feel the onesie. You can uh, feel where these diaper pins are, a little tiny hanger and three little rubber duckies it's all very tactile not as much contrast as some but uh but things that you can actually feel each little ducky has a little pearl for his eyes so you can kind of orient yourself to where his little face is uh let's see here's a, a baby card uh it's got two uh flowers with kind of fluffy centers and it says because it's two flowers it says woohoo it's two and that's for somebody who's getting ready to have twins. I think the inside, I forgot what the inside says. Oh, babies, fill your heart with happy. So there's your, your card for someone who's getting ready to have twins. Uh, and this, my favorite baby card, this is Elaine's creation. It's a bigger card. It has a frame with this beautiful little teddy bear with his little foot sticking outside of the frame like he's climbing right out. And three little blocks, like little building blocks with an A, B, C on it. And up at the top, it says baby on the paper. Isn't that a beautiful card? Wouldn't you love to give that to somebody who's having a baby? And inside it says, 
to hug and to hold from this day forward. <laughs> and I know someone's having a baby. Oh, there you go. Get busy there. I do. You can make another. Here's an example, one of my favorites. This is going to be a Christmas card. This is a Christmas card. It's a cardinal. He's sitting on a tag. So here is the tag. There's a little ribbon on the top of the tag. The tag is covered with glittery snowflakes and then uh, some greenery. And here is a red cardinal sitting in the greenery on the tag. It's a beautiful card, all Christmas colors. Um, you know, it says Christmas, but uh, the, the message, well, it, this one says Merry Christmas. Some of them say Season's Greetings. And the inside says, may you cherish the wonder of the season now and throughout the year. So beautiful, beautiful, very simple, easy to see, easy to touch, easy to access. Some of our cards are more interactive. You actually do something with them. For example, this one looks like a kind of like a journal and it says sympathy. The, the uh, front is made out of a sort of a faux leather that I made out of paper and it opens up kind of like a journal with an inside message that says you are in my thoughts and in my prayers. Here is a retirement card. There's a, it's got a, a window. See, you can see it's a window. If I look through it, you can see me through it. But uh, what you see through the window, you're looking at a camper right here and through the window, you can see the background. You open it up and oh, there's the tree in the background. And then you open up again and there is your retirement message. We also do some cards with what is called fancy folds. So here's a fancy fold card. It says, thinking of you, it has an embossed wreath around the outside of the, well, I should say there's an oval in the center. See, an, an oval cut out of the center. And around that oval is a wreath embossed and a butterfly. But when you look through that cutout, you see a white card with flowers on it. And it says, thinking of you. So you open it up like that, and then it opens up like an accordion, and there's a place inside to write your message with more of those flowers, like the ones that are on this, this oval. So it's just interactive. It's interesting and fun. There's uh, rhinestones. There's uh, uh, the, the embossing. There's the butterfly, the flowers, the message. Here's a precious little card. It's just a little hello, a little all-occasion card. It has a bow on the front, a cutout in the center where you see the word hello. But up here at the top, you pull the note card out. You can write your note and then slide it back into the slot. And there's your card with the little hello in the center and the bow below it. Another fancy fold card, a different type of fancy fold. This is a sending sympathy and prayers. It's got a it's green card with a big uh, circle on the front and a, and a big pink flower in the circle. And it opens like an accordion instead of opening like a regular card. It opens like an accordion. So it just kind of stands there looking very pretty. And the message inside that says to heal your heart. But what we're really um, encouraging you to look at today is our Christmas selection. We have a lot of Christmas cards. Again, we're talking original, so we don't have duplicates of many of them, but some we do. This is a beautiful, beautiful little manger scene. Mary and Joseph and the manger and a little a little donkey here and a glittery star uh, up there in the sky. And it says inside, oh, come, let us adore him. 
uh, up here in the sky in silver, it says rejoice, all very, very understated and elegant. Here's one with a kind of a retro look to it. It's got this vintage Santa Claus with a couple of children with a banner behind them. It says Merry Christmas. The white is all embossed, so it's all tactile. Everything is raised up. The the uh, message is raised up. The Santa Claus uh, picture is raised up. And the inside says, wishing you a season full of family, friends, and happiness. This is a new design. It's kind of like an ornament. It's shaped like an ornament. I mean, the card is brown. It says, season's greetings. On the front, there's an ornament that's kind of glittery and tactile with a little deer just leaping. And he's raised up off the ornament so you can feel the deer as well. And the inside says, a wish for peace and happiness at Christmas and throughout the new year. Here's one that's a little more elaborate. It's a tag on top of a uh, backing on top of a mat. It's The tag is a piece of sheet music. And we have several of these with different pieces of music. This one says joy to the world. And back behind Mary here is, uh, is the music for joy to the world. And there's Mary and baby Jesus. And it's all on a tag with a, with a maybe kind of hard to see the, but can I? Hard to see that ribbon, that uh, twine on top. The inside of this one says, looks like this. It's it's kind of messages written vertically, and it says, May peace be your gift at Christmas and your blessing all year through. So we have several like this. So if you wanted to buy a you know a, a set to to send to all your siblings or something, we do have several of those. This one is just a very simple, solid blue background with a beautiful white dove on it. The dove is flying. He has glittery wings and rhinestones like stars all around him. And it says, peace on earth. Here's one that is not religious. This one just has a Christmas kind of background and three ornaments, all very tactile, standing up with little ribbons, you know, little strings. So they're all hanging from the top. They don't, they don't move. They're glued down. But, uh, just three ornaments, very, very tactile, very fun, very fun. And they're on the inside, three ornaments hanging next to the message. This one is a little bit harder to see, but it is very interesting. It's two-tone, white on the top with a kind of a teal word saying peace, and teal on the bottom with white words saying on earth, peace on earth. It's a very interesting, beautiful card. Inside it says, sharing with you the glory, wonder, and miracle of this holy season. Because these are so unique, I'll show you a couple of more things right. then. I just have saved out a couple for the end. The, these, this system that we are, are doing um, is one more thing, that, a service that we offer, and that is a mailing service. And I wanted to talk to you about that. We will, uh, if you send us a list of um, of all your family members and their birthdays or anniversaries or um, your favorite customers. Obviously, you know, the pre-printed, pre-stamped cards that you send out to customers is fine. But, I mean, sometimes you have those special customers that you want to do something special for. Um, we, we can. There are some designs that are a little easier to mass produce. And I want to show you a couple of them. Uh, this mailing service isn't just for businesses or for mass producing. This is for when you just can't get out, when it's icy outside and you just can't get out and buy a card or you're busy or um, any number of reasons why you might 
you know, if you can't see and so you can't pick a card and you want someone to pick a card, we'll pick a beautiful card for you for birthday, anniversary, uh, confirmation, a wedding, uh, new baby, uh, sympathy. Thank you. We'll pick a lovely card for you. We'll sign your name to it. We'll address it, stamp it, mail it for you. So um, we want you to know that that's available. Uh, cards that we can mass produce that are appropriate for any kind of, you know, business uh, to send to your customers or family is something like this gorgeous poinsettia card. Um, This is just so pretty. It has a tactile inside, you know, where those little berries are in the middle of the poinsettia. It has three little gold berries. It has this flourish. It says season's greetings. And the inside says, may the peace and beauty of the season remain with you throughout the coming year. A message that's just appropriate for practically anyone. Um, here's one that we, I'm showing you this because we're really proud of it. We sent this to the legislature. Yeah. Uh, made a hundred of them. So they are easy to mass produce. It's just three banners, one green, red, green, uh, a tag across the front with, we put different kinds of, you know, different things. This one has poinsettias on it. Some of them had Christmas trees, little Santa Clauses, you know, just something pretty to put on the corner here. And then it says, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And there was nothing inside. I don't remember what we did on the inside. Um, I I think we congratulated them on getting elected to the the legislature or something. But anyway, that's one that is pretty and fun. It's on a brown kind of paper bag looking background, which is just fun to look at. And this is this year's um, effort to mass produce. I think it's just gorgeous. It's the, it's on just plain white paper, white, but embossed. Uh, we used different kinds of embossing. So this one has looks kind of like a quilt, like it's quilted. I know you can't probably see that on the screen, but how close can I get? Uh, I don't know what you can see, but you can feel the quilting. It's got uh, some torn red paper, which gives it that pretty jagged edge. And then Christmas paper down in the middle of, of that so that it's layered. And then over here, I cut out a square so that there's a hole, except that I glued, I didn't leave a hole. Oh, well, see, I can put my finger up there through it. I need to glue that down a little better, don't I? Um, <laughs> but in, through the hole, you can see the message that says, have yourself a merry little Christmas with a little cheery little bow on the top. And the inside says, may the magic of the season fill your heart and home. I should probably also mention to you that we often, but not always, decorate the envelopes. Elaine, do you have we do. some decorated envelopes okay. so we can show you? Well, here's a, 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 a sample. Here's that, you know, the baby card with the, with the teddy bear on it. Here's the envelope. And, you know, this is where you would put the address. And there we have two little teddy bears. Um, so I pulled all the envelopes off the, the uh, card with the ornaments hanging off it. Here's what the envelope looks like. Three ornaments down in this, in this corner where nothing is, you know, the return address is up here and the name and the stamp, the uh, down here where there it's just white. Anyway, that's where we usually put our ornaments or I mean, our, our some kind of envelope decoration. So the envelope sometimes, uh, Elaine is very good about this. Sometimes she decorates the flap. I never decorate the flap. Elaine decorates the flap sometimes. So, so we just do, do some little thing, that little added touch that makes the card look so festive, even as it's being, uh, 
uh, you know, the person opens it, you know, takes it out of the mailbox, and there it is, a pretty, pretty envelope. So, what do you need to know? I guess I should tell you one more thing, and then I will leave it open to questions, and we'll let Elaine answer them. Um, <laughs> but if you want to reach us, and if you want more information, or want to order cards, or want to ask us what you know, what we can provide or request something special. That's the custom part of Cozy Custom. If it's, if you give us enough time, we can uh, actually customize a card very much, including putting the recipient's name on it. We have a special little printing thing that will print the, the recipient's name on the card. So it'll say, Mary, happy birthday. You know, um, we can do that. So contact us by uh, email. It's just Cozy Custom Cards at gmail.com and uh, let us know how we can reach you. We'll FaceTime you and, um, and talk about, you know, what your needs are and, and you can tell us what, you know, what we can do to, to serve you. Okay. So I'm going to turn it back to Elaine. And if there are any questions, we'll let, let Elaine take care of that. Oh, thank you very much. Also, one thing we do need to let you know too, is that, um, 10% of, of what we make every year, we do donate to the Oklahoma Council of the Blind. Um, of course, the pandemic, pandemic's going to hit us hard. We're not getting out to craft shows and that sort of thing. Hopefully, that'll start back this uh, next year. Um, but does anybody have any questions that we can answer? Did you show those uh, Christmas tree, uh, the Christmas trees that you did? Oh, uh, the one I made for you last year? No, you're doing them this year. I am doing them this year, but I did not have one to show. Well, I'm on uh, 10. Huh? I'm on 10. 10? Yeah. Thank you for getting that order in now. Yeah. Okay. Those well, are fun you. to do. But also, yeah. you can call, um, Jay gave our phone number out earlier, but you can call that 405-942-3413 as well. Um, I, you know, we have a lot of fun doing this, and um, so hopefully we can help meet the needs of some folks that are out there. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you thought all this past hour and a half sounded like one big commercial, um, you're right in a sense that um, this was our vendor space time and the vendors paid for a vending space. They donated money to the Oklahoma Council of the Blind to pay for the space. And so our friends from Vanda Pharmaceuticals and Envision got a chance to talk about all their things and what they're doing. And that Vanda study, of course, has passed, but there still is a lot of information that you can learn from Vanda if, if you need to uh, ask about it. I'll, we'll be sending out on the OCB listserv um, the contact information for Shauna Jatho and for Envision America, we'll be sending those things out and for Cozy Custom Cards. 